On today's episode of Making the Call, uh, we talk NBA free agency, we talk college football alignment, uh, spoiler alert, I am not a fan of it, um, and we also end the podcast talking about Better Call Saul. The second half of the final season comes back on uh, this upcoming Monday, so myself, Alex, and Rosie uh, are all big fans of the show, so we talk about it, You know, things we're excited for, things that we think might happen, some of the theories that we have. Uh, that's on the second half of the podcast, and the first half is myself, Alex, and Austin, and we talk um, briefly about Baker Mayfield getting traded to the Carolina Panthers, and then we get into college football, all these announcements of teams going to the Big Ten or the SEC or the Big 12, so we talk about all the specifics and how we feel about it all, and then, of course, we hit on NBA free agency, Brunson going to the Knicks, Kevin Durant requesting a trade, Rudy Gobert getting traded to the Timberwolves, all that and more is all coming up right after this. All right, we are back. Uh, We took last week off, um, but we had to come back to talk about the most influential sports news of our generation. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2024 fifth round pick. Um, Let's just start. So I've got I've got Austin and Alex or yeah, Austin and Alex here with me. Alex is, you know, a Big time Baker fan. His dog is named Baker. He wanted Baker to go to his beloved uh, Seattle Seahawks. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Uh, that's something Sorry, we're all looking for, honestly. It, it's I'm indifferent about it because it probably just means we're gonna tank. That's what I would say too if I was hurting. <laughs> I'm not. It's I, I don't I don't know. If, <laughs> to I'm be fine. honest, I think I think he's it's going a, to a better situation though. Alex, like, I don't know. It's okay to not be okay, Alex. I'm not. <laughs> Honestly, I've been sort of been out of the on the Seahawks since Russ left. I don't have much expectations for this season. I did I did like the uh, the, all the Drew Locke and the U.S. Open stuff though. That yeah, makes me more hilarious. That was sort of makes me more of a fan of Drew Locke just because he has a really good sense of humor. Seems like a good hang. (laughs) Okay, so see how he looks on the field. So Baker goes to Carolina. Uh, They actually Carolina and Cleveland play each other week one. Um, where were you whenever you got the alert that he was getting traded? Because it's going to be something you know our grandkids are going to ask us about. Where was I? I was probably at home. <laughs> what day was, was it? Lunch. What day was it? I don't it even remember, man. <laughs> was it, it was yesterday, right? Or two days? Yeah, ago? it was. No, it was yesterday. Was it just yesterday? <laughs> Wednesday? Okay. No. I, don't, it's, I think yeah, I was at see, work. I think I was, I think I was at work. I hope we were all at work, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it sort of just happened out of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. So we needed to hit on that real quick, because, um, like I said, biggest sports news of the you know of our generation. Um, it re- it doesn't matter, at right? least of this week. Yeah, we'll say. Yeah, that. yeah, I, yeah. I I, I, I mean, don't even think I would even say that because we're about to get into much bigger sports news. Um, but let's let's end it with this. Does Baker being on Carolina does it change your opinion about the Panthers for this next season? This is five hundred team. It does for me. I I think they'll be a fringe wild card team, second best team in that division. And if they can beat, we'll see how they play against Tom Brady too, because that's really the key. If they can beat the Bucks once, they could be even better. Like it still just come. I mean, it comes down to. I mean, whoever plays quarterback doesn't necessarily matter. You know, it's it's about if McCaffrey can stay really? healthy, in my opinion, as far whoever as whoever plays for... quarterback doesn't matter. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know. 
I think that is true. Like I think that the <laughs> the Panthers' offense is more contingent on the health of Christian McCaffrey than it is the abilities of Baker Mayfield. And if McCaffrey can stay healthy, I think him and Baker are going to fit really well off the. Baker's really good on the play action and just yeah, if McCaffrey can stay healthy, do his little thing in the pass game and the run game. I think that could be a great one too. DJ Moore too. That's the best receiver. Baker's probably had in the NFL. I wonder how so Robbie's far. doing. I wonder how Robbie's doing right Rob- now. Robbie's okay. Uh, we're not really <laughs> worried about him. <laughs> he's he's barely a yeah. starter in the league, anyways. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it changes my opinion of this team by like two wins. I think they went from like yeah. a six and eleven team to like an eight nine win team. Um, so right around 500. I think and their which, peak is probably like 11 wins. I could see them being a 10 and 7 type of team, though. I, the one thing not, it their definitely does, wins for me. though, is week one is a must watch. Now we got Russ versus the Seahawks, and we got the Browns versus Baker, even though the Browns, who knows who their quarterback's going to be. But it'll still be fun. Must watch football. Percent, right? Yeah, I, I saw something Percent, that. Mostly. So Cleveland's playing. Cleveland's paying Baker like half of his salary um, for him to yeah, go they play got, in Carolina. They're paying. They got they're fleeced. Paying, yeah, they're paying and more actually. Deshaun Watson is likely going to be be suspended for at least uh, the season, so the Cleveland Ooh. Browns could be paying like fifty million dollars combined for Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield to not play quarterback for them this year. <laughs> Sounds like the Browns. Gosh, that's <laughs> awful. Honestly, it. They deserve it for that Watson yep. contract. They and they made it all. You won't catch me feeling bad for him. Yeah, the slimy Watson contract. Not even just the amount of money, but the way they structured it. It's yeah, they, yeah. Oh my gosh! But we don't. We we don't need to get into that. That has been discussed already at nauseum. Um, let's talk about something that we all feel very passionate about, and that is that college football is dying. Um, it's changing. Changing. It's not. It's dying. not dying. College football it's, as we know evolving. it is dying. As we know it. Can I say that? It's evolving. Can I say oh, that? Answer. Like the yeah, the, yeah, the days of, you know, having conferences that mean something and being kind of, you know, playing teams that are close to you geographically, like those days are over. And now we're going to be having basically the Rose Bowl every weekend. It's going to be yeah. USC and UCLA playing against Purdue in Penn State and at Ohio State. So let me let me go through the news real quick and then let's let's dissect it all. So USC and UCLA are officially joining the Big Ten in 2024. Um, the Pac-12 seems like it's going to be dying because after the USC and UCLA announcement, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Oregon, Utah, and Washington are all in serious talks to join the Big 12. Also, it was announced today that North Carolina... Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia are negotiating to join the SEC. So if those, if all these movements happen, there's essentially just going to be three main conferences moving forward. Yeah, give me Clemson and Alabama every year. That would be entertaining, in my the, opinion. You no, that will be fun. But it's like, it's so... Fun. It's going to be fun, but... It's not going to be fun. You don't think it's going to be fun? Certain I think it'll, it'll, it'll be, fun be fun for betters and stuff. I like change, fan. so... Yeah, but I mean, honestly, at this point, like, do you just kind of adopt the NFL model? Like, is I there so. is there room for that? 
but I'm also, I don't know. I'm also thinking of it in a way of like, not just college football, but like if North Carolina goes to the SEC, how often do you, does North Carolina and Duke play each other in basketball every year? Because they're not going to be in conference. Probably right. once a year in the non-conference schedule. Yeah, And it's like if, I don't know, like it's. Forgot about Duke, yeah. So it's for, things like that that I'm like. Not what simply do, forget about Duke, but it's okay. We're talking um, about football. Not they're pretty, I, I mean, they're a pretty <laughs> forgettable franchise. Um, yeah, Coach other K than Ross. you know having Daniel Jones as a quarterback, you know, way back when didn't he go hey, to Duke? You, uh, hey, we finally mentioned him. You brought him go, up yeah, this time. I did. It's been a couple <laughs> weeks. It wasn't even me. But yeah, <laughs> well, we took yeah, last week. To Duke. <laughs> um. So okay, so let's start with this. What? How does everyone feel about all these announcements of these teams joining new conferences and? It's basically going to be the Big Ten and the SEC as a powerhouses, and then for football at least, and then the Big Twelve could potentially have eighteen teams in it. Mm-hmm. I How think do we eventually feel about the Big Three here, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, and the SEC are all going to have at least twenty teams because the SEC, especially those four ACC teams, I think they're missing a couple. I think they need, they definitely need Miami and Virginia Tech to add on to that. But like, like you said, yeah. it'll be. Interesting. It's going to be annoying to at first. We're not going to be used to all these new matchups, but in like ten years, we'll get used to it, and it'll be like second nature again. Well, ten years isn't going to be the same as it is right now, though. No, like, but like in ten years, it'll to... be it'll be like all it'll be all settled. Right. It'll be all. Could yeah. you see it moving to two super conferences, and like then you adopt the NFL model eventually? Maybe. Could you see it going that way? Because honestly, I mean, at what? But point... at that point. At that point, you just call them what divisions instead. Yeah, of divisions. Yeah. So I'd if, also be interested in relegation. Honestly, ooh, a relegation model. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Here we go. Outside the box. I, don't, I really ha- have no idea how that would work. It'd be pretty complicated. But if you get like a random team fighting to get into the SEC and like North Carolina or Vanderbilt fall out, but Vanderbilt never come back. But that would <laughs> so, be that would definitely make it interesting. So hand up, I had I messed up something in our outline. So I'd put together a table with the if if all these teams that are talking about you know joining the new conferences, if they if it all happens, like here are the teams that are would be in the Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC. Um, I did ac- I accidentally left out Texas and OU in uh, the SEC. So the oh, SEC I didn't even notice that <laughs> I just realized it. So Texas um, isn't back. You're good. <laughs> hey, Arch Manning. Nah, that guy's just a nah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So if North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, and Virginia join the SEC, the SEC will be at 20 teams. Gosh. Since OU so, and yeah. Texas are already joining it. And you would think Big Ten, Notre Dame's probably going to join at some point. Well, so Notre then, Dame, ha- there hasn't been a peep from Notre Dame. I could see Notre Dame joining the SEC. No, which, I think they'll join. Which, no, I think they'll join Big the Big Ten. Ten. Big Ten, absolutely. Because then that would put the Big Ten at 19 teams. And then they would just need one more to get to 20. And then the Big 12 would need two more to get to 20. Are there any big names here that haven't moved yet? It's not a really big name. uh, Miami. Miami. SMU. Don't say SMU. No, 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 no. no. They're better than TCU. Come on. They need to be in a... Could join the Big 12. That's where I would... The Big 12 doesn't... 
TCU will throw a fit, though. They've thrown a fit every time SMU's tried to join. Like, we run Dallas. We don't want them. Hmm. Sort of, yeah, sort of the same thing. Fort Worth, anyways. They're not even the same thing. Exactly. SMU owns them now, but go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm looking at some teams who maybe they haven't joined Miami. Miami is a good It's a good yeah, one. Miami, I was, um, yeah. Duke. They got to go to the SEC. Uh, Louisville, maybe. I yeah. mean, I'm just looking at like the maybe ACC, like Syracuse. Washington State and Oregon State. They're not as big, but they're I still big names. I was going to say names. Oregon State, but... Yeah, I mean, that would be a bummer to lose the Apple Cup and the Civil War too. Like those are West Coast rivalries, but still, they're good rivalries. Yeah, no, absolutely. You would just have to really be intentional about the non-conference schedule. Yeah, yeah. So if you had these big super conferences, how much of a non-conference schedule would you even have? Because, like, okay, so let's say all three maybe conferences like a get game. To 20 teams. I, I, no, I think it'd yeah. still be nine conference games and three non-conference because. They're going to split them up into divisions in the conference too. I think. So if they got to 20, then it'd be 10 and 10. So you'd play, you wouldn't pay, basically you wouldn't play anyone outside of your division. You would play the nine other teams in your division. And then, yeah, you know, three out of yeah. conference or maybe just and three then out you'd of division meet, games. And then you'd meet up with somebody from the other division for the conference championship. But other than that, okay. yeah, you were in the, which the Big Twelve is sort of set up like that. Like there's they can set it up where like half the regions on the east slash middle and the other half's on the west. Do you think they'll lengthen the season? I'll at all? tell you this. They could. Uh, they they could do though. that. I'll tell you this. If all these movements happen, I mean Big Twelve already was the best basketball conference in the country. I mean, last two not, last two champs came from the Big Twelve. I mean, mm. hard to argue with that. Uh Sickham Bears. But Big 12 is absolutely going to be the dominant basketball conference because if you're getting Arizona, Arizona who was a one seed, you're also getting um, – I mean, you already have Baylor. You already have Kansas. Uh, you're getting Houston. Houston's been to, what, the last like two or three Final Fours or two out of three Final Fours or whatever. Houston's been mm-hmm. to like a really good basketball program. Um, mm-hmm. And from the football side, you're getting Cincinnati who made it to the college football playoff this last year. And, um, I mean – the SEC is getting North Carolina and Virginia, though. I mean, those they're are going to be solid baseball wise. They're going to own baseball. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah. own baseball. No, I mean they're getting North Carolina and Virginia, but like, yeah, yeah, Virginia is kind of a kind of a streaky program. Like they haven't been yeah. that good the last couple of been, years. They were one seed yeah. two years ago, weren't they? Wasn't that three years ago? Oh, maybe three years ago. Yeah, but anyways, um, <laughs> they lost to UM Santa Barbara. If whatever it is. Okay. So let, so if let's say the playoffs right now, I don't think it's going to stay like this forever, but let's say the playoffs stay at four and we've got kind of these three big conferences. Is there any way a team outside of the big 10 or the SEC will make it into the college football playoff? No, (laughs) straight up. No. Like I kind of think think so too. They got to, they got to expand it to at least eight. If this happens. Yeah. I you think don't so really too. Have any other option? I think, I think you expand it to eight, and then I think you also do like a fourteen conference championship. Like you do, like the like top fourteen tournament. Each. Yeah, you do the top two teams from each side of the conference. They play, and then the winner of those two games play for the conference championship. Yeah, because it's, it's probably just, also, I don't know. 
you're going to have to expand things if you're having like these massive mega could you do like you know? four four divisions within a, within a conference the, i mean you could you could be weird it's getting i mean if it gets any bigger you're gonna have to okay so what if we did like what if we had like an america like an american football conference and then like a national football conference and yeah. then we had like four okay, divisions wild, within wild each of card them. round Division. And you have like, yeah, yeah, like wild cards. Oh, don't forget the first round by. That's important. And you maybe yeah, like, the first yeah. you know, you had like four teams in each division. And like, let's say you played each of them twice. I don't know. Just picking a number. Like that could be interesting. Ooh, the trophy should have a football on top of it. With like a long. <laughs> and they could stand. call it like the, the, like the Bombardi s- trophy or something. Bomb- <laughs> no, but to be honest, this is going to kill bull season two. Like bulls already don't matter. But after this, yeah, they're still fun. They're but really not going to matter. It's dead. Like, only people who are going to care about them is the mid majors that aren't in these super conferences. I agree. I think I don't. I, so my stance is I don't like it for college football. That's not the best. Yeah, the I, best. you can you can say that there's some benefits to it, but I think it just it ruins a lot of the appeal of why people like college football more than and, the NFL. Yeah. And mm. just like the the traditions and whatnot, like some of these rivalries are going to die. Like we've already lost some, like Notre Dame, Michigan and all that. Could come back, I guess, with this, but others will die in this mm-hmm. It just, yeah. It seems like college football is sacrificing tradition for money. Those them TV deals. And I don't like it. No. Sacrilege. Because it's really weird for it to be like it's gonna be the second weekend in September, and you're gonna have USC playing Wisconsin at now make them play them at thirty Central Time, <laughs> and it's like it's gonna it's gonna yeah. be eight thirty it's gonna be eight thirty a.m. Those poor college USC kids are just fans, gonna, and just gonna they're gonna party be, all night. They're still gonna be buzzed from the night before, and they're not. Their tailgating is gonna be like they're gonna be hungover watching Lincoln Riley struggle with Northwestern (laughs) mimosa tailgating. I can't wait to watch Lincoln Riley play Northwestern on a cold Illinois morning. It's gonna be awesome. He's gonna struggle so bad. There's there's just so many things like that that I'm like this isn't this isn't why people like college football. Like this, Mm -hmm. it's the tradition of like. It's I don't ruined. know. As a Big How 12 fan, it's like, you know, you're a Baylor fan. You're like, okay, we're traveling 60 miles to play TCU. Okay, now we're going to travel, you know, 100 miles to go play Oklahoma State. Like, it's, there's, I, I like the appeal of having everything close like, okay. for the most part. And now it's just yeah. all this, it's the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. Yeah. I don't like it. I might sound like an old man yelling on my lawn, but I don't like it. <laughs> That's my official stance. No, one, I don't think anyone. I haven't heard one person be like, "This is good for college football." Yeah, I mean, like, it's good for the money. That's about it. Like, it's fun to just watch it descend into chaos, but at the same time, it's sad because you know the very thing that we loved it for. This, yeah, is is dying. So we all kicked off because Texas and OU left. It's because they. That's well, really you know what started where, it. You know where this is going, right? This is going to go to where there's not going to be it, there's not going to be the NCAA anymore with college football. That it's going to be the it's going to be these mega conferences, and 
who's to say that they even want to compete, you know, with the other conferences for their trophy? Who's to say they don't just want to play each other? And it's going to be like the That'd SEC is going to have basically their version of of a Premier League. That would just and be high school football. Then the like, Big Ten is going to be like the, um, football you know, I'm really, yeah, I'm Are really testing like- my. Like the they Bundesliga, my soccer knowledge, like Liga, no, not, not Bundesliga, but like what's the what's the main league in like uh, like Spain, La Liga. or like Real Madrid, La Liga. La Liga, yeah, yeah, La Liga, Bundesliga um, is German, and then the Big Twelve yeah. is going to be you know whatever, like it's just yeah, that, that's Bundesliga. that's going to happen, yeah, yeah, that's going to happen, like it's it's coming. Um, Andrew's soccer knowledge is limited to Premier League, so we'll it is. You're just it Liverpool is. in general, <laughs> really, just Liverpool, pretty much. Too. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I don't know. It's I I'm I miss the old days. <laughs> I miss yeah. the Southwest Conference. Uh, the Big Eight. Bring back Big Eight. The Big Eight. I miss the nineteen thirties when AM actually won a championship. Some NBA. How about yeah, that? y'all got anything else on college football? Or you want to go NBA? No. Just I'm excited good. for this season. I'm still pumped for college football. In spite oh, yeah. of it. It's the best yeah, thing great. ever. But it's fine. Ready to bet. Ready to bet. I'm, I'm excited for Baylor to just steamroll through the Big 12 like they did last year. That was fun. Blake Okay, Shea. maybe not steamroll, but they did win. <laughs> if you steamrolled, how was, how was the playoff, Andrew? You tell me, the, Mr. Uh, Aggie. Yeah, I know. The Big 12, <laughs> Don't know the Big how 12 preseason poll came out today, and Baylor was voted number one. So there you go, That's Andrew. right, they were. They're going to walk all over that conference this year. And Aranda, oh, we trust. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, you. Oh, not gonna win eight games. <sighs> yeah, we already got that bet going. I'm, I'm ready oh, for yeah. that steak dinner. Yeah. Oh, I'll, hey, announce. Uh, have we announced that on the podcast? No. What? No. 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 Go ahead. The line was eight and a half, right? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Was it nine yeah. and a half? And I was right about that line too. That's that's the Vegas line for this year. It's nine and a half wins for OU over under. Okay. So they got they have to win ten wins for me to win. So Andrew and I took the under. You did. Yeah. So they have to win ten games. Yeah, they got to win ten games or I owe. What's the? Yeah, what's this? I I either either you guys owe me a steak dinner or I owe you a steak dinner. However that works. Okay. So I'll have to make a trip to DFW. I won't make you buy my gas. How about that? Not in this economy. Good nah. Lord. Or, or we could make a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah, y'all could come rock on the coast and we could have the steak dinner on the beach. Fun. <laughs> a little surf and turf action. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that, yeah, we got that little bet going. Um, NBA. So let's talk about, let's just go ahead and talk about Brunson. Obviously, as Mavs fans, it's daddy's kinda... boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so you know, Brunson, he, they haven't made it official yet. That is true. They haven't signed him yet. You know, no. people around the league are wanting to know. They're asking, Sign and trade. what's going on in Dallas? What's going on in Dallas? It's a very, very strange situation that's going on. Waiting on Kevin Durant. Very strange. What's going on in Dallas. The entire league <laughs> is waiting. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Um, we will. So Brunson signed with the Knicks, or reportedly agreed to a four-year deal worth $104 million, leaving the Mavs. Um, we all kind of saw this coming. We knew for several days leading up to it that it was going to happen. Uh, let's assume no you know, no other chicanery happens, and he does ink that deal. 
uh, where are we at headspace wise on on Brunson leaving for nothing to go play for the Knicks? We need we need a we need another guard. <laughs> Jaden Hardy, baby. Jaden Hardy, yeah, that's true. No, but yeah, that's true. We it'd be nice if we got a sign and trade out of it just because the Knicks need some cap space help or something to make it official, but we do need another guard for sure. I don't know who mm-hmm. that's going to be. It's the options are limited, but right now we do need another ball. Handler. I just like, even though I am sort of confident though, in Dinwiddie being able to fill that role. Yeah. Cause before his ACL, he was in that same type of role with the nets and he was mm-hmm. a fringe all-star almost. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So how is he unrestricted instead of restricted? Because don't they uh, normally offer money terrible at signing Run. contracts? Gosh, dummy! That old. That's, like exactly, that that's, that's, that's why. Yeah, that's. I have no idea, honestly. That's way beyond the norm to give a rookie an unrestricted contract. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah. That is very. Shout sad. out Donnie yeah. Nelson. Thanks, buddy. Love it. Um, yeah, I it it stings losing Brunson because you're right. We need another guard. I think in the long term, it's going to be better for the Mavs to not have that sort of money tied up to Brunson because oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's a fine player, but you if you're paying him $26 million a year, then it really hinders you because I don't think he's good enough to be your number two and win a championship. Nice. I think he's good enough to be your number three, but if you're paying him $26 million, then you can't pay your number two to put next to Luca. So I think long-term it's going to help us, but in the, in the short term, it's, I think it's going to be problematic. Uh, yeah. Okay. So honestly, probably the biggest thing of the off season uh, that has actually happened because we're going to talk about Kevin Durant here in a second. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, but that's the biggest thing. The... But in terms of an actual transaction, Rudy Gobert was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> For was it fourteen picks? Seems like no, it wasn't that high. It was five uh, players. It was five picks and a first rounder from this year. Let me. And one of them was like a the pick swap trade. Too. Uh, let's see. Just on the move. Okay, here we go. This one. Okay, so <laughs> the Timberwolves receive Rudy Gobert. The Jazz, Jazz receive Fleece Malik team. Beasley, Patrick Beverly. Leandro Bomaro, Walker Kessler, who was the number 22 pick in this year's draft, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2026 pick swap, 2027 first-round pick, and a 2029 first-round pick. So if you include Walker Kessler, because he hasn't played yet, he was drafted this year, it's five first-round picks, a pick swap, and then four other players. For Rudy Gobert... A center who doesn't have an offensive game. Very good defensive player. Doesn't have an offensive game. Great and regular season guy, too. Yeah. Awesome will in the be owed. Season. Let me pull up his contract. It's uh, a lot. <laughs> more than Jalen Brunson. And they still haven't paid uh, Ant yet. They haven't even. Yeah. Nope. They're banking um, this year, I guess. They have to be. So his contract oh, yeah. is in. It's a lot of vet minimums. Two, they got two years, basically. Okay. Come on, Spotrack. Don't let me down, buddy. buddy. There it is. In 2025-2026, in that year, he'll be 33, and he'll be owed $46 million. <laughs> Gosh. I bet Luke is banging about that much that year, too. 
because that'll be his second, uh, third Luca. contract. It'll be his third contract in 25, 26, right? No, well, I mean, so Is Luca's going to be making year? about that much. Um, that's the second to last year on Luca's uh, Supermax. Okay. So that year he'll be making 46 million. And then 26, 27, he'll be making 49 million. That's a lot of, lot of moolah. I'm a worship Next pastor. contract extension is going to be like <laughs> half a billion dollars. Gosh. Yeah. Um, so what, what are our thoughts on, on this Rudy Gobert trade? When it happened and then also kind of where we're at now? I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't get it. Like to me, it doesn't really move the needle that much for like Minnesota. Honestly, I think it moves the needle, and like they're gonna be, they're gonna sell a lot more tickets. They're gonna be in the news a lot more. They're gonna get a lot more attention. It'll be a good regular season team if they all gel well. Yeah, together. what they'll finish at what five, four or five? I think their ceiling could be like third or second if they really peak well. They're not gonna be second. In the, playoffs, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, it's just the West? difference. They're not. They're not going to be. It's second. the re- I'm t- the regular season in the playoffs are a lot different. Like Phoenix Rudy Gobert Go- is just a lot better in regular season NBA basketball. Yeah, I don't know why Phoenix or Golden State or Memphis, honestly, for that matter. Uh, I I honestly think Memphis is going to have a down here this year. Question mark? Uh, or the Mavs? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think that the Timberwolves <laughs> and the Mavs are on the same level, honestly. Yeah, yeah. After this regular season, I, I sure just, playoffs give me the maps. Give me absolutely. a better player. Yeah, I could see a thing though where they just they gel really well at the beginning of the season and they're they're riding off the momentum. They're they brought in well, in like gonna... fifty five sixty games somehow, and then just in the regulars in the playoffs though we've seen this countless times. Rudy Gobert almost gets played off the court in the playoffs because they Cat people just too. know. How, oh God, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that guy, but cat disappears in the regular season. I think they're going to be a force in the playoffs. I really don't think they're going to be that much of as much of a force in a seven game series. Ant's going to get better, but Ant they will also... get better, but it's just, it's really just comes down to Rudy and not sort of being the type of player you need in this style, of the NBA, especially in the playoffs. They won't you have need a center players. who can shoot a three and guard someone at the perimeter, not just down low. And they have no depth. No. That too. That too. They traded all their depth. I I hope that in the next NBA CBA, they change the whole contract uh, parameter in terms of trades where like, you know, it has to equal like 75% of the contracts. Like the, the dollar values need to add up in order for the trade to go through. Because it, I, I think, I think Minnesota, I think, Utah accepts that trade if they just get the picks and they don't get Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, all those guys. But they had to throw those guys in to make the trade happen. And now if you're Minnesota, you're like, okay, cool. We got Gobert and our bench is gone. We don't have a bench anymore. Like we just lost like what, five guys? A lot of vet minimums. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, I hope they change that. When's the next CBA? Uh, That's a good question. not after this year. It's after next year, I think. All right. I think it's after next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think Utah fleeced Minnesota here. Um, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will also say. Just, go ahead. There. Go ahead. No, I was just also gonna 
piggyback. They fleeced him, but it's also just the new owner trying to make a splash. That mm-hmm. classic move. It's a new owner trying to make a splash. And it's also, if you're Minnesota, you're a small market team. So yeah, the only they're... way you're going to get a big star like this is if you draft them or you trade for them. Because a big an all-star is not just going to Minnesota in free agency. I mean, it's the Mavs deal with that to a certain extent. Mavs are a little bit better than Minnesota in, in that regard. But it's if you're Minnesota, that's kind of what you have to do. And I and I think I remember I remember a quote from the GM after they did this trade where he was he basically said that, you know, they were really excited to bring Gobert in because of how excited Gobert was to be in Minnesota. So it's kind of part of the motivation of why they do a trade and why they have to pay the price that they have to pay is because they're a little more desperate because they're not the Lakers. They're not Miami. They're not, you know, fill in the blank, big market team. Um, they kind of have to play by different rules in that way. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. overall, Danny Ainge acquiring a bunch of picks in a, in a big trade like this usually works classic, out for him. <laughs> classic Danny Ainge move. Mm-hmm. So um, now let's talk about the big news. Kevin Durant, the Slim Reaper, love that requested guy. a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Am I the only guy on here that likes him? No, I don't think anybody. No, he's been here. he's grown on me. I hated him in the Golden State years, I didn't but hate now him, he man. now he's he's kind of funny to me. Okay, yeah, I, li- I like his troll abilities. We should have had Corey now, on for the segment. I do think uh, it's pretty hilarious. Call him. Um, <laughs> I do think it's pretty hilarious him asking out. With four years left on his contract. Yeah. Right after Kyrie opts in. (laughs) Yeah. But he says that him and Kyrie want to keep playing together. (laughs) He saw that. They want to get traded together. Mm. I'm out of here. This guy's insane. You know, I, I, um, (laughs) quick sidebar. I saw, I saw this video today that reminded me of Kyrie. It was about flat earthers and it was a flat earth guy. And he accidentally proved that the earth was not flat. And so what they did is um, he basically had like two, two boards, like, you know, so many feet apart and they, he, they had cut a hole in the board and they had put a camera on one end, like a high power camera. And then they had another guy like several miles away, like on, on the water, I think. And they were basically saying that if the earth was flat, he would be able to hold a light up 17 feet in the air and it would match up with how high up these boards were. And so everything would be 17 feet tall. So he would hold a light up and you could see the light in the camera. And he was saying, but if you can't see the light and he holds, he holds it up above his head and he holds it 23 feet up in the air and you can see it, then that matches up with the, with the supposed curvature of the earth. And it would prove that the earth is round. And so they do this whole experiment and he's so confident that it's going to work that, you know, 17 feet, they're going to see the light. It's going to be flat. And he holds it up and he's talking to him on the radio and he's like, okay, are you holding the light up? He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, okay, that's weird. I'm I'm not picking it up on the camera. He's like, go ahead, hold it above your head. And he holds it above his head and you immediately see the light. And he's just like, oh, uh, hmm. Huh. uh, Okay. Hmm. (laughs) To see the earth. Like you can see his world shattering. Yeah. It was, yeah, it made me think of Kyrie. Um, those, those flat earthers, man, something else. Uh, but anyways, Kevin Durant off of that tangent. Yeah. I'm back on to basketball. I mean, he wants to be traded. Um, 
Preferably, he wants to go to either Phoenix or Miami. Uh, I'm bummed that he didn't mention Dallas. I thought like a Dwight Powell for Kevin Durant straight up trade just would have been fantastic. Exactly what the Mavs need. I well, mean, even throwing Josh throw Green. In, throw in Josh Green and Bertans too. <laughs> give him Bertans. <laughs> yeah, give him the laser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shooting. I just, how do y'all see this playing out? Because I'm kind of starting to think that maybe he just stays in Brooklyn. I don't know if he gets I traded mean, or not. At least not yeah, this summer. Bro- Brooklyn's price is pretty big right now, and they're not mm-hmm. budging. So, and I saw a report Supposedly today. Where they, like, oh, go ahead. They said that they were expecting a big like bidding war, and they're getting a lot of suitors, like a lot of calls. But it's not as big as a bidding war as they thought it would be, and their price is just huge right now. Mm-hmm. And they're making yes. moves too, where like if he stays, they're still going to be a solid team. Mm-hmm. Like they got yeah. TJ Warren added to the yeah. They brought in right TJ Warren. They re-signed Nick Claxton. They re-signed Patty mm-hmm. Mills. Yeah, Joe uh, Harris. They is coming might back have off Ben of Simmons coming back if you know he actually wants to play basketball. Might Just play basketball this year. Stay. You tuned. think Kyrie Kyrie will still stay? Probably right. Uh, no, I, I think Kyrie's either going to play in with the Lakers or sit out again. I don't think he'll come back. Kevin Durant ain't playing a season with Russell Westbrook. I, I tell you that much. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, yeah. If Russ gets traded to the Nets, then KD's out too. For sure, it's got to it's got to be it's got to be AD from the Lakers. Th- then the trade's not happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I not trading AD. Supposedly the Nets but, are wanting two All Star level players and then a boatload of picks. All star is like all star like potential or like has been an all star. See, I don't know, are, but like if you're a team and you're trading up, you're trading that amount of capital, like you're not a contender anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's also what KD mentioned. He wants to play on a team with two all star level players. Well, you shouldn't have thought about that when you signed your four year supermax extension to stay in Brooklyn, which is also Doofus. funny because Brooklyn meets that criteria right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Okay, so my I just so my official opinion is he's not getting traded this summer. Yeah, I could see it definitely extending out for a mm-hmm. while. Yeah, Which, I just think it's funny how like the whole league is on hold now. Yeah, and it might like, yeah. nothing. Like, nothing has happening. happened, and if he doesn't get traded, if he stays, then like we will have had a pretty uneventful summer. Which would yeah. honestly kind of be disappointing, but well, yeah. I mean, I would love Brunson for the going Mavs. to the Knicks. Rudy Gobert getting traded. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It wasn't yeah, a great free agent class. Like it did. Well, it, doesn't it was. It's just a lot of guys stayed where they're at. I mean, Zach yeah. Levine stayed in Chicago. Bradley Beal stayed in Washington. Gosh, the Bradley Beal number is insane. He's got a no trade clause too. Yeah, mm-hmm. full no trade clause. Was he like um, over two over two hundred fifty million? Right, mm-hmm. it's insane. Him and Jokic became the first players ever to sign contracts exceeding two hundred fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love yeah, to see so Bradley just, Beal play on a contender, but that's just not going to happen. Well, he's KP. got Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of guys that disappear in the playoffs, hey, you want my uh, you you want my way too far out in time prediction? Sure. KP's a 2023 off season. <laughs> What'd you say? I said KP's a math. 
Oh, I thought <laughs> coming back. <laughs> um, 2023 offseason, the Mavs are going to sign free agent Kyle Kuzma. Nice. Okay. Be like my 2K team. I'll take him. Bookmark it. It's going to happen. Did you hear the Did you hear Nick's pipe dream for the Mavs getting LeBron? Did you, Isaac, listen, but, did you listen? Oh, oh it was, it was yeah, Isaac. Alex yeah. told me about it. It was, it was Isaac's pipe dream for Dude, I love that. And then I we're going to get Bron- we're going to get Bronny too. Bronny. <laughs> Bron and the Bronny. Oh gosh. I would I would love that. You would have Luca, Kyrie and LeBron. Let's go win a chip. And Bronny. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's no way Luca's leaving if we get LeBron. Like we got your childhood hero, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Morning, Isaac. Um, okay, so I got to do a quick. I, <laughs> I got to do a quick shout out to uh, Matt Sacramento Kings. Um, one, because Keegan Murray has been great gonna... so far in summer league, and then Jeez, they also awesome. signed Malik Monk and they traded for Kevin Herter. Uh, they lost Dante Divincenzo, but they you know kept the rule of one ginger on the team at a time. They lose DiVincenzo. They trade for Kevin Herter. So yeah. I like the, I like what the Kings are doing. I think they're a frisky play-in team. Just just had to give yeah, them a little like, love. I could even see him getting to the seven seed. Or yeah, the seven seed still playing. No, yeah. not the six. Not the six. Kevin Herter. They, they gave up nothing for him, right? Pretty much. And they I think a he's a better pick. Oh, they did. It's, fit, oh, it's a DiVincenzo. it's a lottery protected first lottery round pick. Lottery protected. Okay, so nah. Yeah, so, so I'm, but I mean, I'm high on Kevin that team Herter, with though. Keegan Murray, the, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Demontis Sabonis, Ginger, Davion Mitchell, Jr., De'Aaron Fox. Like, it's not a bad team. Harrison Parks. De'Aaron, Fo- De'Aaron Fox needs to take a step, though. Yeah, it's well, he did once they traded Halliburton. He did. He was averaging like 25 points a game mm-hmm. once Halliburton got traded. He's, um, is he still, he's so fast. Oh, yeah. So fast. Uh, so I had to give him a little shout out. Uh, let's see. Atlanta traded for DeJounte Murray. That made uh, me sad. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I, it's hard to li- imagine him and Trey Young playing next to each other. It is. I really like DeJounte. I think he's a great. He's got great potential. But he's great I in think- a sleeper squad contest. Yeah. Assist line is automatic. Over. Yeah. Take us over on assist and he'll hit it most nights. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not anymore though. It's yeah, weird. maybe not anymore. No, because I mean, Trey Young, Young is so ball dominant. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, dude, I don't think Atlanta's done though, because they still have the whole John Collins they thing still they got to figure John out. Collins. I just don't know what San Antonio is doing. Like, I know exactly what they're doing. I mean, tank for, for Wembenyama, that but I thought they Victor would. Wembenyama. Wembenyama, but like I we'll thought they would the try and build around Dejounte a little bit, but because you could tank with Dejounte and still, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I would uh, trade. So I thought that trade was Johnson. interesting. Um, yeah. So kind of, kind of the big questions left. Oh well. So let's talk Mavs real quick. They signed, you know, their supposedly new starting center, or they reported they agreed to a contract with Javale McGee. I said a lot of bad. I said a lot of bad things about JaVale McGee during the Sun series. Mavs fans got to go delete some tweets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my wife. Yeah. I told her. I said we just signed JaVale McGee, and she said we did what? Because she was not. <laughs> she was. She hated him last year. <laughs> He's a good trash talker. We know that he is, and you know, for what is he? Thirty four. 
Is he 34? 34. Yeah. I mean, he's championship experience. Like, you know what you're going to get. Decent he's a protect. solid piece on that 2020 Lakers team. Yeah, like he's... Starting center for them. He catches lobs. He has somewhat of an offensive game, and he's a decent defender. So, I like he's it. better than Dwight Powell and can play in the playoffs. That's yep. all we need. Yep. I like <laughs> Wood, Wood at the four and JaVale at the five. I think it's going to work. Yeah, especially in the regular season. That'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think Wood's, uh, Wood's going to pop off. I don't know, Andrew. What do you think? We've been, we've been like, we like it, but I think he's fine. It's not that expensive, too. No, I mean, yeah, it's fine. Like we expected a little bit bigger splash. Like the I real think... qu- are the Mavs done? That's no. Are we done? No, there's Cause... one more move to be made. Because if the biggest thing is we signed Javale, like, well, there's no, the biggest thing is they traded for Christian right Wood. Just one okay. more move. Yeah, that's true. I mass fans, mass fans, honestly, have been pissing me off this off season. <laughs> we suck because we're ter- we're okay. terrible fans. Okay, I need hold on. I need to go on a little bit of a Matt's rant. Twitter is terrible. The Mark Cuban like spree, like y'all see the that? Mavs, anyway. uh, Mark Cuban's a cheapskate, though. I will All say right. that. I agree with that part. All right, Andrew, lay it on us. So the Mavs, the Mavs in the playoffs, why did they lose? They got out rebounded. They didn't have a viable center they could play. So they go out and they trade the 26th pick in the draft plus the back of their bench for their starting center. A guy who can roll in the pick and roll with Luka, a guy who is an above average three point shooter, especially at his position, a guy who can play, make a little bit, the guy who can pass a little bit like Christian Wood fits this team phenomenally. And it's like it's like the move didn't even happen. And then free agency rolls around. And we all knew like a week ahead of time that Jalen Brunson was likely going to the Knicks. And we all knew that if Jalen Brunson went to the Knicks, the Mavs were already over the luxury tax, which means you can't sign free agents outside of the taxpayer mid-level exception, which they used to sign JaVale McGee and to sign Jaden Hardy to his rookie contract. So it's when all these deals start going down where Malik Monk is going to the Kings, like, oh, why didn't we get Malik Monk? Dante DiVincenzo goes to the Warriors, like, oh, why didn't we get DiVincenzo? It's like, well, we can't afford it. We couldn't. It's not how it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like Han Solo and Force Awakens. That's not how the cap works. Like it's, you're very limited. <laughs> it's not, it's not like the NFL. That was a good, that was a good line, Andrew. That was nice. It's not like the NFL where you can just defer all this money out of the future and the cap isn't real. Like the cap, you yeah, are limited. Like, we're not the like the Rams here. Yeah. You're not the Rams. And so I think Mavs Twitter. Mavs fans are like, oh, we lost Brunson. We didn't replace him. Like all the, we had the worst offseason ever. It's like, okay. It, I think if the moves would have happened in reverse <laughs> order, where it was like, you yeah, lose Brunson, would've... you sign JaVale McGee, and then you trade for Christian Wood. We'd have been like, oh, we, oh my gosh, we need Build the, build the statue. Build the statue. Oh my gosh! Let's go, Mavs! But it's like Mark Cuban's amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, though, know. like I think there's a fundamental disconnect between what fans want and what the front office wants because they came out and said and they were leaving. They were leaving. Well, they were leaving that last roster spot open for a wing. It's still and every everybody's yeah, everybody's sitting here like, no, we need a third guard. Like, go get Dragic. And that I, I mean, Dragic, Dragic is what broke the camel's back the straw that broke the camel's back on Mavs Twitter 
because they're they're saying like we need another wing. I defender. swear, I I'm swear, like, Mavs Twitter thinks that Dragic is like Manu Ginobili. No, we it's just like, need somebody who can run the floor when Dinwiddie or it didn't help though. He was balling those last two games in the well, yeah, whatever the Euro thing. And like the right three now. guard sets, the three guard sets that the Mavs played last year, that offense was so efficient, and like the chemistry with Luca, like it would have been a good move. So I don't, I don't understand why they prioritized a wing that they still haven't signed over a decent point guard three. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't even think I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they needed to sign a wing. Um, I, and you I already think, have like maybe the best defending wing tandem in basketball possible. And you're getting Tim Hardaway Jr. Bang bros. Back. Bang bros. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to call him the, bull, the bulldozer. Oh. I like bulldozer. It's a little more family bulldozer. friendly. It is. Speaking of this, this podcast is family friendly. So yeah. It's a family friendly um. statement. <laughs> they just bang into the bigs. That's it. <laughs> Got to turn my camera off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh my uh, goodness. Y'all need Jesus. Oh. Oh goodness! Um, Jesus, right? But yeah, I'm Jesus. I'm fed up with Mavs fans because they think the sky Jesus is falling, and it's like, to did the, you not like? How did you see this playing out? The Mavs. Yeah, he could be it's, a wing. <laughs> you sign one guy, but you get three. Like, yeah, yeah. Andrew um, doesn't know where we are. It's like okay. I don't know what I don't even know what we're talking. about. I said about. Jesus. I said Jesus to the man. Let's wrap so. up this segment. Y'all got any? Uh, y'all got any other free agency stuff? Any math stuff? Anything else? On a scale of one um, to ten, how excited are you guys for Jaden Hardy? Oh, really? Oh, I'm excited. Really, really, really excited. He plays tomorrow, summer league debut, three o'clock Eastern. I'm gonna have a hard time not getting my hopes up. Yeah. Tip. Well, we're Mavs yeah. fans. We're designed this, to get our hopes up. Like, no question I, about it. I am ready to get hurt again. I think Yep. Dark horse wise, Jaden Hardy could win the summer league MVP. He's a dark horse for that, in my opinion. Man, yeah, that's a dark be, horse. I think it's going to be Chet, dude. Chet has looked Chet. Oh, Chet destroyed. I don't know. Kenny, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton Jr. Though took him to the. Oh, he had 23 points, six blocks. He couldn't, 11 he couldn't deal with that. His weight and his strength down low. Mm-hmm. He was getting bodied. Yeah, Chip yeah, I mean, was amazing still... his first game, though. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, uh, you, you put him up against the actual watch. guys. Let's cool it with the dirt comps, though, Thunder fans. It was, it was a dirt like shot, but it, I think it's yeah. okay to say that. He's so not does everybody dirt. that fades. Like, they're just emulating that. There's, but did yeah, you see the video side by guy. side? Yeah, it was the, the leg kick up and everything. It was true with the spin around. It, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was identical. Cool. It was, it was fun. It was pretty yeah. cool. Still um, changing the game. That's all I've got, guys. Y'all got anything else? Mm, not really. College football no. is dead, and the Mavs are about where they were last year. Next week, I'm making the call. If that means Western Conference Finals, then I'm cool with that. That's fine. Yeah. If, yeah. If there's a way, my pipe dream, last pipe dream for this offseason, if there's a way to get Pat Bev on this team, make it happen. Like, sign and trade, we get that $12 million TPE. Let's go get Pat. My my wife would stop watching the Dallas Mavericks if we had Jamal McGee and Patrick Beverly on our team. Patrick Beverly is one of those guys you you hate if he's not on your team, but you right. love him if he's on. She just two years like, ago watching him on the Clippers, like it was. Yeah. he wasn't even a 
factor two years Painful. ago. He was just talking. He was like Theo it's, Pinson for us this year. Exactly. He was just talking mess <laughs> on the sidelines. Does Theo Pinson get minutes this year? In the regular season, yeah. Yeah, but not in the playoffs. <laughs> Probably not. All Probably right, I, that's minutes. all I got. All right, that's all we got. We're talking about Theo Pinson this this podcast. Yeah, we have, we have <laughs> run the course of this podcast at that point. So Shout out Theo. when we come back, Austin's going to hop off. Rosie is going to join us. And myself, Rosie, and Alex, we're going to talk Better Call Saul because the second half of season six is coming back this Monday. And we all just could not be more excited about that. So all that is coming up right after this. All right, to wrap up the podcast, uh, there is a show that is very near and dear to our hearts that is coming back uh, for the second half of the se- of the final season. That is Better Call Saul. It premieres, there, the second half of the, of the final season premieres on July 11th at 8 p.m. on AMC. And so to talk about it, myself, Alex, and then Rosie hopped in to join us uh, because this is one of the few shows that Rosie actually enjoys. And so we had to get him on to talk about it. Isn't that right, Rosie? There have been some hot shows recently, other than Kenobi. But yeah. Yeah. And Better Call Saul is one of them. (laughs) Yeah. So all of us are big fans of Better Call Saul. All of us, obviously, big fans of Breaking Bad. Um, Let's just kind of start with... Wait, what's Breaking Bad? Oh, it's this... It's kind of like The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. it sounds hilarious. <laughs> it's just kind of a, fa- it's, you know, a family sitcom. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should watch it with yeah. the whole fam. Yeah, it's, there's, you know, they eat pizza and um, one, one of the guys, he he, he collects rocks. Um, so, you know. Minerals. <laughs> uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for that. <laughs> gotcha, boo. Um, but yeah, so Better Call Saul, second half of season six is coming back this Sunday. So let's talk about it. Uh, before we get into it, let's recap kind of from where we left off. So I'll start with this spoiler warning for those of you who, yeah, for those of you who haven't got caught up on Better Call Saul, or let's say you're planning on it and you're like two episodes behind for whatever reason. We're going to be talking about all of season six. We're going to be talking about the entire show. We'll be talking about Breaking Bad. Um, so this is your spoiler warning. If that's going to spoil anything for you, then just put this podcast away. Come back and listen to it whenever you get caught up before the uh, second half premieres uh, here in a few days. So there's your spoiler warning. Um, don't get mad at us because you've been warned. So before we get into um, the second half of the season, what we think might happen... Let's talk about kind of where we left off. So the midseason finale ended with us saying goodbye to our dear Howard Hamlin. Um, at the end of, so in that episode, Jimmy and Kim's plan came to fruition to embarrass Howard at the Sandpiper Settlement Conference. Howard then went over to their apartment to confront them about it. Lalo ends up showing up to their apartment as well. They're all in the living room and Lalo shoots Howard in the head and says to Jimmy and Kim, let's talk in the most you know charismatic way that that we've um, come to expect from him uh, um, i think i'm in the middle of something <laughs> <laughs> that was his last he, words is that what he said howard yeah yeah, yeah he slowed back to wang oh oh howard yes yes yeah. no yeah i was thinking i was thinking Lala, oh but, yeah yeah um so starting with the first half of season six what have you thought of the season so far um we'll start with that so 
halfway through the season, what has been y'all's impressions and thoughts of this of this season so far? I think that Lalo is pretty awesome as a character. I think I think probably one of my favorite things about this season has been like the intelligence of everyone and there's that one scene where Lalo is spying on the factory when everybody thinks he's dead and he tries mm-hmm. to call um uh, Tia, uh Hector. Um, yeah, Hector. And yeah, then he realizes that the the that phone's being tapped. Yeah. And that's like the first time we see him like enraged yes. like that. And then he's like, wait, no, I can use this to my advantage. And, you know, goes on to I, trick everybody. So savvy. Yeah, he's such a well-written character. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of his character in the show. Not a big fan of the things he does, but. He serves his purpose, that's for sure. Alex, mm-hmm. what have been your thoughts of the of the first half of season six so far? Mm, sort of just the same as Rosie. Like I've really enjoyed Lalo and just how sort of how it's all sort of coming together, sort of wrapping up. It's gonna be a bummer to lose him, honestly, just because he's such a well written like villain. He's a good actor too. Like it's sort of hard to dislike him, even though he's a villain. Sort of like I don't know. He's but, so charming. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. But overall, this season, I've just really, really enjoyed it. Like, I'm honestly, this is probably the most excited I've ever been to wrap up like a season finale. Like, yeah, can't wait for next. What Monday. did y'all think of uh, Nacho dying? Um, I was, I was sad, I, but I, I knew it was coming. Yeah, it, yeah. it was, it was bound to happen, and he went out pretty well. Like, I thought he went out really well. Those first few episodes were really good, honestly. Yeah, I'm glad that. Yeah, I'm glad that he had a he had a quick death, that it wasn't some prolonged, you know, torturing yeah. session or whatever. Like, yeah, it was. He he was kind of tortured in like a psychological sense because he was on the run and he, you know, when he was when he His had dad to was go kill into him. like that. Yeah. So like in that sense, it was it was torture, but there wasn't like a big gruesome death, which I thought was good. Um, yeah. yeah, I want to back up to what you said, Alex. So you said it's going to be a shame to see Lalo go. Yes. So do you expect him to get killed off? Yeah. I mean, obviously, cause he's not in breaking bad, but I guess I could see a scenario where he sort of just, I don't know, scurries off to Europe or something, but I think they got it set up. Gus, he planted that gun down in the lab where the lab's going to be. Like, it's already set up, basically. Like, they're going to meet. Lalo knows about the lab now. So, hmm. you just it's just sort of there in the cards. Like, they're going to have a showdown down there. And Gus okay. is ready. Ready for it. We'll just see. I if think he's going to run away with the uh, the one German chick. The, yeah. That seducing. That's, that's, the, that's <laughs> the why there's, like. Of, um, of uh, what's his name? Werner. Yeah. Uh, taste, Werner Ziegler, taste. right? Yeah. Yeah. The builder guy. Um, yeah, I can see that okay. too. That'd be so, a happier ending. Rosie, yeah. so you don't, Rosie, you don't think he's going to get killed off? No, I think he is. Yeah, I think he's really interesting. Yeah, I, I just don't see him for one being able to leave because if you wanted to, now would be his best chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And he's so, and it, it is yeah. setting up for Gus to kill him. Also, 
but See, you never know. My thing is, is that if if Lalo's gonna die, then Saul can't Saul can't know about it. Like because of because I don't know if you guys remember this scene, but Lalo is mentioned in Breaking Bad when Walt and Jesse they kidnap Saul and they take him out to the desert and they've got the ski masks on. And he doesn't know who's kidnapped him. And they take him out to the desert in the middle of the night. And he like yells out. He is like, did Lalo send you? And he's like terrified. He's like, he is terrified that Lalo is after him. Hmm. And so because of that, if Lalo dies, Saul can't know about it. It's got to be like something that, um, that, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, who am I thinking of? Los Pollos Hermanos. Gus. 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 I couldn't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> it's it's going to be something that Gus like you know doesn't let get out or whatever because when Breaking Bad is is airing, uh, Saul still thinks that Lalo is out there, and so that's I don't know. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but um, I didn't know that was a scene. I didn't even think about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, like they they made this whole character based off of that one line in Breaking Bad that Lalo sends you. Well, in that case, this just like, uh, do we know what or um, yeah, do we know what happens to the other Don, like the the guy who's like a partner with Gus for the cartel? Are you thinking of um, uh, Juan Bolsa? The guy that Nacho almost kills. I can't remember his name because he's not in it all that much. I think that's Bosa, right? I think that's I think that's Juan Bosa. Um, so one of the like Salamanca heads, basically, or just like the cartel. He's head. not a Salamanca. He's a sorry about my dog. He's, he's Spanish or Mexican, right? Part of the cartel, sort of. But he's not a Salamanca. I think he dies about? in Breaking Bad. He does, but oh, uh, okay. It's it's like the last season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. So he lasts a while. Okay, I just didn't yeah, remember because I, I was wondering if Lalo like took his spot or something. But Yeah, he's got a bigger role in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Okay, so Alex and Rosie, you both think that Lalo's going to die. I'm on the fence. I'm not sure. He I could see him dying, but like I said, Saul can't find out about it or I could see him somehow running away to either Mexico or to Europe or whatever, and never to be seen of again. Um, well, do you think Gene like will see him? <laughs> Ooh, like maybe he shows up at the something. very end? Can I get a Cinnabon? He like shows up at the Cinnabon <laughs> and he says, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <to black. laughs> oh, man. What oh, a cliffhanger that, that would be. <laughs> they, can't, they can't do the Sopranos. They can't do that. Black screen. Oh my gosh, I I hadn't even thought about that, Rosie. Yeah, that would be. Cool. I'm, I'm just like if he does live, I guess that's how they would do it. I I don't know. I just don't see him like not giving everything he has to go after Gus because he hates yeah. him. Yeah, I agree. Gus been sort of going after. I think him it's for, more like... likely that he dies than not, but I guess we'll see. Um, what I'm most, I mean, what I'm curious about is like what's going to happen when the second half of the season starts because we ended with Howard dead in 
uh, Jimmy and Kim's living room and Lalo's there. So like, how does that exchange end? Like what's, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm, Cause I mean, Saul didn't know that uh, Lalo was even still alive, but Kim did know that Lalo was alive because Mike told her. So it's just like, I'm very, very curious to see how that scene plays out. Um, ultimately, mm-hmm. because I'm just, I'm terrified about what's going to happen to Kim. And like, that's like, that's, I mean, that's everyone's biggest question, but like, that's what I'm most curious about with the second half of the season is like how they're going to wrap up Kim's character because she's become like such this focal point in the show. And like, she's become a character that like you really, really root for. And, you know, you've like become attached to, I mean, at least for me. Um, so I, I don't, I have an idea of what happens to her. Let's talk about the theories. Let's do it. I I haven't heard anyone else come up with this, um, but I really think that um, Kim is going to get arrested and she's going to be in prison for a really long time. And at the very end of Gene's saga at the Cinnabon, that's what he's waiting mm-hmm. for. He's waiting for Kim to get out of prison. And so he's just biding his time until she gets out. And I think that she might be in prison because she breaks some laws talking to Lalo when Lalo's in jail. And mm-hmm. I feel like part of the story is Kim trying to protect Saul and like getting into the cartel herself, like getting into the whole mess of it. And so I think that yeah. she might be a, you know, get arrested for it. Yeah. So, okay, that, I hadn't heard that before. That's interesting. Uh, I would much rather see her get arrested than see her die some tragic way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Alex, what do you think? Is it, what's the, is it, what do I think is going to happen to Kim overall? Or what no, do I think is going to happen? What do you think about Rosie's idea that she's going to get arrested and be in prison the whole time during Breaking Bad? I mean, I would definitely like that outcome more than her just dying. And it would make sense, you know, he like Gene in that timeline sort of just seems like he is waiting for something like he's just uh, living a minimal life, not really doing anything. And he does know Nebraska is connected to uh, Kim, even though he didn't get to choose to go there. But I think that would be a good theory, honestly. Yeah. Wait, Nebraska is connected to Kim? Yeah, that's where she grew up with her mom. Oh, in that scene where they were. I do. I think I might have it. <laughs> yeah, from this season, they like shot her license plate, and it was from Nebraska. Yeah, they're oh, they're mom. dropping breadcrumbs sure. like that. Yeah. yeah, and we know that we know that they're still going to be together for a while, like because I don't know if you remember this when I was going back and like you know, reading summaries from the first half of the season to kind of like jog my memory of it. In the very first episode of season six, it opens in a flash forward and it's the police seizing all the personal property from that big mansion. Yeah. And including, you know, Saul's white Cadillac and whatever. And as a cabinet is loaded onto the truck, a drawer opens up and Kim's souvenir tequila bottle stopper falls out. So Kim and Saul... You're led to believe that they live together in that mansion. Maybe not. Maybe it was just a belonging of hers and he held on to it. Maybe because she went to prison or whatever. But that was kind of my thought is just he had it. 
Because doesn't he yeah. have it right now? I, I don't know. I thought in that episode that... Because yeah, he buys well, the, the tequila for um, the big... <laughs> I call it a prank that they pull on uh, the plot. Howard. Because <laughs> it's, it's really just a the plot to destroy the prank. Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... um Okay, so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm so curious what's going to happen with Kim, um, because it's just I don't know. It's I think the show is equally as much about her now as it is about Jimmy at this point, um, mm. and the stakes are higher with her because we know that Jimmy's coming out of this safe. Like we we've seen what the rest of his story looks like, uh, but with her, it's obviously a a, a big mystery. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about Kim. We talked about Lalo. Um, how do we think the Gene storyline is going to wrap up? So do we think it's going to be the theory? Like, do we think it's going to be him meeting up with Kim, you know, years later? Is it going to be, you know, him encountering Lalo? Maybe, maybe Lalo survives and is in hiding. I mean, it, something's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think both of those things are going to happen. Yeah. I think like, or go ahead finish no no no. you go ahead uh, that was all i had or sort of just like i think the past is sort of going to catch up to him like that guy who spotted him might be some it might not be lalo but just somebody who wants him dead somehow word gets gets to lalo because of that interaction yeah that could, that could be it too and that's why he was freaking out so much but i also yeah. do now rosie's got me into the idea that i think they meet up again in the gene timeline yeah I know Rosie's kind of convinced me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, the, is it? All the pieces are there, you know. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, if there's one thing that we've learned about Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad is that like every little detail is intentional. Like, there's yeah. no little small nugget of a storyline that just gets thrown in there for fun. So, like. Like Alex mentioned, us seeing the license plate of Kim's mom's car when she was a kid and being from Nebraska. That was intentional. And like, or Gene having that interaction in the mall with the guy who recognized him, that was intentional. Like everything like that, they put in there for a specific reason. And it's, I don't know, it's Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are masterpieces. They're just two of my favorite shows. Like, yeah, they're just fantastic. Yeah. Um, Vince Gilligan's the goat. Yeah, he really is. No, he really is. <laughs> he, he is. I mean, you just don't really like hear stories written like this and like the character interactions and, mm-hmm. you know, everything's so fleshed out. You know that he was already thinking about this while making mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. And the fact that he can go from Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul. And honestly, I like Better Call Saul even better than Breaking Bad. That's, That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So you both like Better Call Saul more? It's just more in-depth. There's just a lot more... That's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's just a deeper quality of, like, storytelling, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, even the first season or two with Slipping Jimmy and stuff, like, that was fun to learn. Slipping Jimmy. Mm -hmm. The Chuck storyline, too? Oh, man. The Chuck... Yeah. I still think one of the coolest moments in this show was... When Chuck and Jimmy were going against each other in court, yes, and oh, yeah. Jimmy had, um, had slipped in the battery, name, slipped in the battery in his pocket. 
I just thought that was like one of like the coolest little oh, like yeah. tricks that he pulled on him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know which one I would say is my favorite right now. Favorite right now because to me, I think they're like on that same playing field, and I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to have recency bias with Better Call Saul because I haven't rewatched Breaking Bad in a long time. And what I'm planning on doing is like once Better Call Saul is over, I'm just going to start Breaking Bad and just like rewatch that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Because I, I still think thing. some of the some of the high points of Breaking Bad, like it's just, I mean, that's some of the best television you can watch. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's both of these shows. Yeah, Vince Gilligan is just a goat, like you said, Alex. It's just as <laughs> a <laughs> he's he's incredible. So. Few other talking points. Um, how do we think they're going to introduce Walter and Jesse into this? Uh, because it's confirmed that they're going to show up. And I want to I want to mention this. So Bob Odenkirk, of course, plays Saul, Jimmy, Gene. You know, slipping. You know, slipping Jimmy. A number of different names that he's known by. Um, he was doing an interview, and he had a quote. They asked him about Walt and Jesse being in the show. And he said, it was so good. Seeing Brian and Aaron playing Walt and Jesse, it's not just one time. And it was great. So it's not just going to be some like quick little cameo where you see them in the background at a diner. Like it's going to like, they're actually going to be in the show. And I, I don't know. How do you guys think that they're going to do that? And, you know, are you excited for it? Do you think it's too much like Breaking Bad references or do you just think it's going to be fantastic? Well, when I first read this off the outline, when you posed the question, I initially thought, well, this is during um, the Better Call Saul timeline, you know, where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. But at that point, Walt is in high school or teaching high school and Jesse is might be in high school because he failed a few times, didn't he? And I just don't Uh think that that's super interesting. So I think we're going to get like a flashback or a flash forward technically to like an interaction between Saul, Walt and Jesse. I don't know like what we're going to get from that, but I don't think it's going to be just, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be just a cameo for cameo sake. I think it's going to like pertain to maybe what, what Gene's doing later on. Um, I just had an idea. I don't shoot. know this, this, this works for Jesse. This doesn't work for Walt in, in terms of like having them in the show. Kim is doing a bunch of like defense lawyer stuff for the County, like representing people who don't have an attorney. Right. Yeah. What if it's Jesse in high school, he gets in trouble with the law for drugs or whatever. And she's representing him in some like mild, you know, small misdemeanor case. That would make sense because honestly, I can't think of a theory. I think it's just going to be completely random. Like maybe Jesse runs into uh, better or Saul on the street or something. And he just, they give him his card, but honestly, I have no idea how they're going to do it. They could even just do a whole flash forward episode after everything's happened and Mm -hmm. do it that way. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they tie him in. For sure. Yeah, I just don't know because Andrew, what you're talking about is like, I guess after 
they talk with Lalo and we find out what he wants. I don't mm-hmm. know if, you know, Ken's going to be really interested in doing a misdemeanor case. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, we've got what, six episodes left. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's, that's six hours basically of TV. So there's going to be fingers crossed. Last one's long, like two hours. Oh, Give I us two so. hours. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, man. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're going to bring in Jesse and Walt, but I have complete confidence in them, um, which kind of leads me to, yeah, yeah, like kind of the last thing that I wanted to talk about, or we have two more things. Are you at all worried about their ability to land the plane as the show ends? Like, are you concerned with like, oh, they're going to end it in a really terrible way, a la Game of Thrones or whatever? Like, I, is that something that you're concerned about as, you know, we've got six episodes left? It's it's a possibility, but they've given us no reason to believe that they won't end it perfectly. Like just give me give me a, mi- let's do this. Give me a percent, like give me a percent for how how worried you are about that about having a bad ending. Like you're like ten percent mm, concerned yeah, for, about it. I was gonna say probably like ten percent concerned, ninety percent confident they're gonna nail it. Okay, Rosie, one of I'm our like, harsher yeah. credits. <laughs> I'm like 0.1% concerned because like in Game of Thrones, you saw in season seven that it was starting to fall apart. And I wow. predicted the signs before that. But as from our, our previous podcast, making from the cow, making the cow days <laughs> times, man, that was that was the most fun. Um, that was fun. But I, I have absolute confidence that they're going to, I mean, especially since like we've seen um, all those flash forwards of like what's happening to Saul right now. And like they, Mm. I just don't see that, like that storyline being bad, I guess. They just set it up so well, like it's going to be hard to like miss that landing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Rosie. I, I'm really not concerned about it at all. Um, I think that, I think part of the reason I'm not concerned is because they landed the plane with Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad had a fantastic ending. It hit all the notes you wanted it to hit. Like they wrapped up the characters they needed to wrap up. And yeah. So, and I think because of that, because it's the same people involved with it and like it's, they've, they've landed the plane at various points throughout the show, like at the pinnacle mm-hmm. moments when they've needed to like make something stick, they've done it. And like, they've still shown the ability to surprise us. Like I just remember mid season finale, like once, once Lalo came into the room, you knew, you knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah. And you kind of knew that Howard was going to be the re- on the receiving end of that bad thing. And but that still, can, the candle still flicker when, was crazy. Yeah, candle right. flicker was nuts. But still, in the moment when Lalo takes the gun out and he shoots Howard, like my jaw dropped. Like I remember, yeah. I was watching it and I was, I was legitimately like, <gasps> like it just, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, it, yeah. the show still has shown the ability to surprise you with things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then let the me ask you something like, then. Okay. Um, do you think it's going to be a happy ending? No. No. 
Vince Even Gilligan if, isn't probably, about that probably, kind of thing. Probably like bittersweet. There'll be a, yeah. maybe a couple things to be happy about and a couple things to be sad. Kind of like uh, El Camino, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's I like El Camino. That's, that's what I was going to mention. Like, even recently, they ended Jesse's story pretty well with El Camino. So I don't see any reason why they're not going to end this story well. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about it, but gosh, I'm so excited to see where mm. the show goes. Uh, um, question. Are they yeah. dropping all episodes at once? No, once a week. Oh, yeah. okay. I may just wait till the very end and Nah, man, you got to join the discourse. How did you did you binge do you have like AMC Plus or something? I got a friend to get the free trial at the very end. So, I was able to stay away from all the spoilers and stuff, so Yeah, um, that's good. My friend wasn't he knew Howard died. <laughs> so it came up to the very last second, too. He was like, when's this oh, going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally last moment. Um, okay, let's end with this. Uh, favorite thing about the show? Just start to finish. It could be a specific scene. It could be an event. It could be just, you know, an actor, the writing. It could be anything. Um, it could be the black and white shots of Gene at the Cinnabon. Um Whatever Those you are want. pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, Favorite oh, thing about the show? I think mine would... It's sort of dark horsey, but I think mine would just sort of be like the cinematography in this show. Just it's all incredible. the still shots, all the shots of like the New Mexico desert and the canyons and just the... Everything they do with the camera is... It's just like the writing. It's meticulous. It's for a reason. Like that candle flick shot. Like just... I don't know. I don't think I've seen a show better shot than this show or breaking bad to be honest you think of that scene with the uh the ants and the ice cream cone yeah see even that mm. one like it's just an experience in the shot has a reason to be in there yeah yeah it's an art rosie it's definitely an art i think my favorite thing and you might agree also andrew um i think it's kim and saul's relationship because She's yeah. one, Kim's one of my favorite like female characters. She's probably my fav- favorite female character of any show. She's ever. just one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah, she's she's awesome. And to me, like her and Saul are two sides of the same coin. They like both fall into the same traps, and they they both like kind of want the same thing. Like they both aren't comfortable with just a normal life, even when they get it, even when they have a good thing going for them, they want to screw it up. Um, they both like want to help the downtrodden people. And it's just like, Kim's like the good side of that. And Saul's like the, you know, sketchy side of that. So two sides of the same coin. I just really love how they interact. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the ones for me too, but to say something different, I'll just say just, we mentioned it already, but just the small details that they put in this show. Like I think back to, in the final episode of the first half of season six, when Lalo's on the phone and he's in the sewer and he sees the cockroach crawl across. And that's what makes him think of, Oh, I'm going to go to Saul's house because mm-hmm. when he first interacted with him, he called him La Cucaracha. 
he called him a cockroach and then he yeah. sees a cockroach and that's where he thinks, okay, I can't go after Gus right now. So what am I going to do? Let's go pay, uh, pay slipping Jimmy a visit, see what he's up to. And I just think like, it's yeah. just, you, you, it, when a show is really intentional with the little details like that, it really show like it shows you how much the writers care about the show and like how much, like just how passionate they are about it because that's that like that cockroach instance that's not you know a it's not explicit thing. yeah it and it happens all the time throughout the show oh, yeah. like i didn't even catch that, that. that's awesome the, yeah 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 for sure whether it's that or it's the ants on the ice cream cone or whether it's you know slipping the battery in the in the chest pocket or whatever like or it's just i don't know the every single scene feels like it was very meticulously thought out. And I think that's probably one of my favorite things. So that sounds fruity, but it, it's like watching art. Like, no, yeah, it really right. is like, like everything that you are watching is just so well crafted. Like it, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> there's a, there's a film class. They should just show the better call Saul series. Like just yeah. do this. No, pretty much. So yeah, so that's Better Call Saul. Um, like we said, second half of the season of the final season premieres on Monday, July 11th at 8 p.m. Um, I'll probably be watching that episode not live a little bit later. That is uh, the wife and I's anniversary, so we'll be doing other things. Um, I'll make that part of the anniversary. <laughs> nah, she doesn't watch Better Call Saul, so we'll be uh, going out to dinner and whatnot. But I'll still I'll be watching it the next day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just but like, yeah, it'll be. I'm I'm so excited for this show. I've I'm yeah. We'll def- I'm we'll definitely have to recap it at the end. Give it yes, a farewell. Definitely, absolutely. Uh, when um, is the last episode set to air? August fifteenth. Um, okay. Yeah, perfect lead up to college football. That's right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's gonna do it for the podcast, guys. Um. Thank you to Austin uh, for jumping on earlier to talk about college football and NBA and everything. Uh, Thank you to Alex for being a part of the whole dang thing. And of course, thank you to Rosie coming in and talking about uh, one of the few shows that he loves, Better Call Saul. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so that's going to do for the podcast. The dad joke this week. Uh, Why did the coffee file police report? It was roasted. I it got mugged. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey. All right. That, that'll do it for the podcast. I hope everyone has a fantastic Friday, a fantastic weekend. Um, we will be back next week talking hopefully more NBA free agency stuff if we have some of these um, you know, larger dominoes fall by then. Uh, probably talking football, probably talking fantasy. Um, we have a few things in the works. So uh, we'll have a great episode in store for you next week. Like I said, hope everyone has a great weekend. And-